Would you care to step outside? Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to DC on RMD, the Superman and Lois edition. I am Michael Flores, your host. And sharing the spotlight today is Steve. Hello, Steve. What's up? And David. Hi, everybody. All right. So people out there, if you're new to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search DC and RMD or Superman and Lois edition, and we should pop up. Also, share the show, like the show on social media, you see it pop up, and give us a review if you're on iTunes. It helps us out. All right, so today in this episode, we will be breaking down and discussing episode five of Superman and Lois, the best of Smallville. Uh, This episode did exactly, exactly what I had hoped for. I remember last episode, I had mentioned that we are getting a lot of things introduced and we need to stop introducing <laughs> things and start pushing the pieces already introduced, pushing those a little further along before trying to bring in anything else. Yeah, they have to start tying stuff together. It's like a chess game, getting too many pieces out in front too fast. <laughs> exactly like that. Luckily, this episode did slow down with the introductions and played with what was already introduced thus far and moved most importantly moved the narrative forward because if you keep introducing new things your your overall story is gonna run like stagnant it's just gonna get messy gonna get messy it's gonna get messy and much of this episode was in fact about progressing the story it's not the best episode of the season but at least it did its job and that's always a silver lining to me even if maybe the things that are happening aren't as excellent as maybe prior episodes at least do your job as the episode let's move let's move this fucking wagon along and it did do that and it also brought more context to certain scenarios yeah we got some big reveals pertaining to captain luther and Lex Luthor, uh, the writers keep kicking Jonathan Kent down. I mean, he gets up and they just kick him again. Yeah, but this time taking those cheap shots. But this time, Jonathan finally got to kind of release that emotion. You know, he's been kind of like that stalwart person in the family up to this point that basically everyone confides in. His brother relies on him. Even to some degree, his uh, his parents sometimes have to rely on him when he's the comic voice in the arguments. He's definitely a pillar of strength yeah, when it comes sure. to that family. Uh, and he, I mean, listen, there's only so much kicking you can take before you got you to gotta wild out a bit. And he definitely had his moment. And we'll be talking about that more in depth because the big question I'm going to pose later in the show is where do we go from here with Jonathan? Uh, Jordan is continuing to find himself. Which is good. Yes. And Lois and Clark stumble upon some big news pertaining to Morgan Edge. Yeah. And let's officially start there. So Lois and Superman officially know. I mean, the cat's out the bag. They officially know Morgan Edge is involved with some shit. It's no longer... Uh, conjecture it's yes this is happening Sharon Powell's missing son shows up out of nowhere no doubt released by Edge to claim yeah um, I was gonna say claim the high ground that doesn't make sense Michael Mm -hmm. Uh, he was going to calm the waters I feel like that was his his reasoning for dropping her son off or letting him leave yes to get Lois off his back for a while but as we saw things didn't go as planned because it looks like that ex kryptonite might not be completely stable. No, no, not at all. Not at and all. And when you got Snoopy McSnooperson out there <laughs> going and trying to find the big story. Yeah. Did 
you guys think she was gonna be Dunzo? You mean as a character? I thought she was gonna get killed. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, usually those things don't end well when when people of such a third or fourth string character uh, kind of just go doing things like that. But the funny part is, I uh, I fully felt like concerned, like what you said, like for, at first I'm like, oh, sh- we're gonna have our first character death. Yeah. But then I'm like, start thinking about it. I'm going afterwards. I'm going, you know what? She reminds me of Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen. She's the Jimmy Olsen. Oh, character. you're right. And Jimmy Olsen's I always Jimmy in Olsen. peril <laughs> because he gets in trouble. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> he gets in the most stupidest trouble. And then like, it's because of his own curiosity. Yeah. And then in like in this scenario, that's what happens. She You're ends right. up trying to be like Lois, which is a cool, which for me is a cool relationship. Yeah, I like it for sure. Like, I like the fact that Lois kind of takes she's a, her. Under, she's a mentor. She's a mentor. And she's trying to teach this girl how to be a journalist. And the character, which I always thought since the beginning, I'm like, oh, this character is going to be a throwaway. But she's really coming out on her own, and now I look at her as like she's the Jimmy Olsen. She's the Jimmy Olsen of the entire show. We won't we won't have seen this coming, but you watch somewhere somehow she's going to be the sleeper that comes out of nowhere with the big <laughs> scoop where we didn't see it coming. She's the one that basically is the fine the the one that puts Morgan Edge down. She'll get the Pulitzer. Yeah, the Pulitzer. Who knows? But is that a testament to the writing though? Because if I was starting to feel like she's done. Like she's going to get killed. Is that, I mean, would you call that good writing then? Cause they're creating that suspense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I wasn't sure. I'm like, am I supposed to be feeling like she's going to die? I think that's the intent. And, that's they, the intent. and they swerved us. That was pretty fucking good then. Because I didn't expect that. I really did think she was going to bite. And dude, the, bite the dust. every single episode, the writers of this series really do surprise me mm-hmm. every single episode because like, They've done things that are so different than I'm expecting that at this point, I know at the beginning of the series, I started rather negative. Did you? Because I was actually worried that I was going to go the CW route. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right now, I'm not worried anymore. Well, this writing staff has really has done amazing jobs up to this point. I think there's there's certainly tropes in any absolutely television show or storytelling where there's certain seeds that get planted where you're like, I've seen this beat before and exactly. I expect what's going to happen, particularly in the world of CW and the Arrowverse. But we haven't seen that. We haven't seen it. And, and I appreciate that it's different. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because like, especially in this episode, this there there were uh, uh, just like in the episodes of the past there are flags where you say oh my god is this going to get into CW yeah and I think that's just Air. natural for us to feel that because we're ready for <laughs> we're it. ready for it I don't want to agree with you so soon we're only five episodes in but so far I don't think we're falling into those pitfalls yeah, yeah. the writing staff for Superman and Lois have been so good. In laying the groundwork and laying the foundation of their story, not deviating from it, not adding any, you know, unneeded melodrama. So far, they haven't added anything that's not needed. It doesn't feel overly heavy. Last episode, it was starting to feel a little overstuffed, but I still felt like they knew. They They were were juggling. They were juggling and uh, they're, you know, they're acrobats. They were doing just fine. And after this episode, I like what they're doing even more because, as we said at the top of the show, they're slowing down to the introductions of new elements and worrying about what we have in front of us. And that's something that I felt was really strong this episode when it comes to Superman's story because he was a little light um, until the end. But if you realize that entire scenario with Morgan Edge and Lois has now officially connected to Superman. That's yes. something that we were talking about. Like, are they going to bring the storyline to Superman as well? Or are they going to have these parallel narratives for most of the season? But as we can see, this episode is the episode that brought that element together. And now what makes it even worse for Superman is he's now juggling yet another thing. He's juggling Captain Luther. He's juggling his kids. He's juggling the fact that he's essentially the the domesticated one here in this scenario. He's taking care of the kids. She's out there working and and putting herself in danger. Let's not forget this motherfucker's running a farm now again on top of that whole farm. And now he has to worry about another superhero threat. And it's 
potentially limitless if they are powering are able to power up rando people and now that superman's aware of that that's gonna be a strain on him and you saw that at the end of the episode when the uh uh sharon powell's son Derek, right Derek. Derek, when he killed himself or if he killed himself or if someone controlled him we don't know yet there's allusions to the fact that he might he might not have been in actual control uh because he had said uh, i'm already dead yeah so who knows uh maybe that's just him being all melodramatic before he kills himself or perhaps he's being forced to kill himself because he was found out so we'll find we'll find out about that i'm sure later but my point is is that you saw clark at the end of the episode struggling with the fact that this guy committed suicide in front of him in front of him that was awesome cuz how often do we get to see superman truly like, first off, we know that the best thing about Superman is that he has a big heart and that he cares for everyone and he doesn't like to take a life. But to, to see him react to a suicide, mm-hmm. that's I thought that was a nice touch to the episode. Now, Mike, I got a question for you. Uh, on yeah. something you just touched on a minute ago. Yeah. In terms of the writing uh, staff or I guess the writing um, schedule and production schedule compared to the other CW shows and the Arrowverse, yeah. are they writing and shooting this weekly by weekly or did they put a bunch of these in the can ahead of time? Now, most TV shows, well, most TV shows, they are shooting and producing. That's the traditional TV schedule. The Rules were changed when streaming services became a thing. Yes. Because of the instant release strategy via Netflix, you know, with the binging. Even shows that have weekly release dates like Amazon and Hulu and CBS, or I should say Paramount Plus, they also shoot all of their episodes and then they release them weekly. Network television, their schedule is a little differently, and typically they have one or two episodes in the can. So they're writing and shooting. Okay. Well, and the reason I ask is is because this show is so much tighter than what we've seen from a lot of the other shows in the past, it makes me wonder how much of it has really been planned out thoughtfully all the beats and all the mini arcs, the major arcs, the, the, the huge arcs, like, you know, uh, Ron Moore style, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think you're, uh, to answer your question, they probably have the entire season completely planned Planned out and believe it or not, that's what you're supposed to do as a showrunner. You (laughs) should know your show before you fucking put one foot on set of day one. Even if you don't have all the scripts written out, that's fine. You don't need to have all the scripts. You need to know your story from beginning, middle, and end. You need to know where you're going, and you can fill in the the gaps later with more detail. And that's not to say that the other shows don't necessarily have that. I mean, Kevin Smith is is multiple times on his own podcast talked about when he's shown up to direct a show. Um, he just shows up and like he doesn't have as much work to do if any at all because they've got it so mapped out, but that doesn't mean that they got their story right. Exactly. 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 And I, I mean, look at the proofs in the pudding, right? Like obviously they don't because the shows are all over the place many times, many, many times. And that's, that's one of the drawbacks to that strategy when it comes to writing for network, network television, because they have to write to fill up time. Nowadays, though, because like what you alluded to, Mike, the way everything is so far, you're seeing a lot of productions now go the route of kind of do a mixture. You do you do your whole writing in the very beginning, but you leave that window gap still with production where it's like, okay, we're going to tweak it here. We're going to basically fix this here and all that. But that's why, personally, that's why when I look at Superman and Lois, that's one of the biggest takeaways I have in comparing Superman and Lois to other uh, superhero shows right now is their story and their writing is so tight that it works perfectly for the type of schedule that this show dictates. Yeah. Well, it's also very serialized, and that helps keep the narrative intact. Intact. Yeah. 
All right, so let's get into this Captain Luther stuff. <laughs> so he tracks down Lois, and we find out some interesting things. Firstly, we can probably put to rest your theories, David and Steve. I don't think Luther at this point is from the future. I believe no. after this episode, it's clear I agree. he's from yeah. another universe. He's because, from another universe. Right, because apparently in this universe, he had a relationship with Lois and his yeah. universe. It was his wife. In fact, I'm thinking maybe his Superman killed her. And that would be his the trigger. reason why he's out to kill Superman. Yeah. And now he's a double trigger because not only did he get his wife killed in the other earth, in this earth, Superman's plowing his would-be wife. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now that's my question. I got the idea that he wasn't even aware that was Superman. Because he said she's married to someone else. Well, then he's wouldn't a dumbass. He, wouldn't he have said she's married to Superman? Maybe he doesn't know as much as we think he yeah. knows about Superman about in Superman. general. There we go. That's what I was getting at. I'm I'm thinking he doesn't know his alias. Because why is he waiting to track down Lois when he could just go to Clark Kent? Well, it, it also when he's makes, vulnerable. No, he's waiting because I don't think he knows his, his identity. His identity. Yep. And it, it makes sense because when he first deals with superman he doesn't refer to him as clark no he refers to him as kal-el yeah so which is a whole nother funny thing how would he know his name is kal-el i don't know that's the that would have to go into what was his relationship with superman from his universe i'm just saying that this is fucking shakespearean type tragedy oh yeah i mean yeah the, the guy the guy who's not really a bad guy goes to seek revenge on a guy that's not really the guy that destroyed his universe or his loved one but he's gonna act out his revenge anyways because he needs an outlet and he's now delusional i mean that is fucking shakespeare i fucking love it it actually got me really excited to see what happens between the two of them because this is how you build true villainy this is how you build forget the villain aspect this is how you create two arch nemesis yes you put a piece of puss between the both of them <laughs> so stupid <laughs> yeah it's true though it is true well listen Women are the real rulers of the world. They are, and I say that to Nicole all the time. And that's the thing I say all the time. It's true. And it is. And it all makes sense, too, when you think of, like, Men what are mere seen. puppets. And, yeah. our, and our strings are our, our cocks. I, I, no, I told true. her the other day, I said, literally, you take a hot piece of ass, and so long as the guy is straight, yeah. and you stick her on a pedestal in a sea of shit... I guarantee you, you'll get men that'll swim across that sea of shit just to get to it if they're guaranteed a I'm piece of it. I'm swimming over right now in my mind. <laughs> so there you right go, here. Mike's I'm proof. doing it. Gotta get through all the shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I like that aspect a lot. And it's something, again, that we needed moving into episode different. five. It is different. It's very different. That's, that's what I was going to ask you, Dave, because you're the ultra comic book nerd. Have we seen something like this in a comic book? Where Lex with, was with you've Lois? Seen you, you've yeah, seen I think it there's before. iterations I mean, where Lex has gone with Lois. There have been iterations where like, Lex has tried to date Lois and get together with Lois. When you especially say date, like, do you mean fuck? Yes. Probably. Okay. I mean, like, I'm talking about like stuff we've seen, say, in the Superman uh, animation show. Yeah. We saw a relationship between Lois and Lex in that one. Well, there's a theory that he might be Alexander Luther. And, what I um, mentioned. <laughs> and possibly there are allusions to injustice or the crime syndicate. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because that's my now my tinfoil hat theory. Yeah, I know, Dave. That's why I said it first. Because take that, I'm going to take that privilege right away. From <laughs> right away, because if he comes from a different universe, Mike, that means that he comes from one of the different Earths I, in DC. Thank you, David. Really? I thought he came from fucking Mars, right? Or Earth six one six. He comes from. He he could come from Earth three, which is the crime syndicate. Yeah. Where basically superman is a douchebag but wasn't earth three we're getting really nerdy here with the arrowverse right now and honestly i just don't give a shit about arrowverse but <laughs> yeah. for the purposes of purposes of this discussion wasn't earth three already established as jay garrett's earth that one i'm not sure from flash uh, i could be wrong i've tried to wipe that memory from me yeah i, I, I don't know hold on i, I don't even it. i don't even recognize that bullshit anyways but still so we were given a bit more clarification on our universe 
the way things operate and the ways of Lex Luthor. Now, the conversation between Lois and Captain Luthor also cleared up this bit. There are a few things to consider. And tell me if you guys also thought the same things. Or at least are now having these types of questions. Can we assume that Captain Luther is in fact Alex? Let's forget the Alexander for a okay. second. Alex Luther, but just doesn't resemble the one Lois knows. He's not a true doppelganger. Or is he just not Lex Luthor at all? I think he's a Lex. I think, I think he's, he's a Lex. just, it begs to question who's the Lex on this earth, exactly. which by the way, Jay Garrett was earth three. Okay. Who's, who's the Lex on this earth. And could we potentially down the road, see Lex on Lex action? It, oh, that might be interesting. Yeah, what if they run into each other and then have to team up? He's like, I can't believe in this universe of white. <laughs> He's he like, could, this, is, this is some fucking bullshit. bullshit. He, he could be Mexican on the, this earth. The cosmos know. is racist. And it would it would make sense, too, because, like... Let me see what you're working with inside your pants. Oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, they've already... They also established in their conversation that LexCorp does exist in this world. Lois calls me Big Lex, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wink, wink. Big Lex. Big Lex. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see two Lexes meet and then have I to think team that'd be up cool. and, and, and figure out a way to take down soups. It would also answer the, the one question that I have just as a comic book fan it, while I'm watching this series is like, it just doesn't seem right to me that Superman, after all this time, has not dealt with Lex Luthor? Well, we got to remember, like, we still aren't sure where we are at. Is this the Arrowverse? Is this an entirely different universe? Because we still have the biggest question of all, which is, are we 13 years into the future from the last time we saw Superman during the crisis crossover? Because the children are now 13 years are old. 13 years old. So we do have some things that need to be clarified, cleared up uh, so we can have some a better understanding. But these are just like nerd things. The average TV viewer is <laughs> like, not going to universe. Oh God, I'm so confused <laughs> right the, now. The average viewer just watching this because of Superman and Lois may not care. Yeah. And even maybe the average CW watcher. But for those that are either ensconced in the Arrowverse and followed everything or the comics, we're the ones sitting here going, okay, what's the hell's going our head. on? <laughs> yeah, we want to know. We want to know. I would, I might ship Lois and Lex. I think that's a... That's a situation that I wouldn't mind, you know, checking out on, like on Pornhub.com <laughs> under the amateur <laughs> amateur, amateur section. Yeah. Like, listen, nothing wrong with that. It might be a way of Lex actually poisoning Superman, you know, use a kryptonite condom or something. Did you feel weird? <laughs> Did you feel weird? Like when he like was all emotional when he saw Clark and Lois kiss, it just felt it felt strange to me. You thought it felt strange? It just felt weird. It felt off. I didn't have a problem with it. No. I, I didn't hate it. It just felt weird. His his the way he expressed his emotion, like he was trying to be tough guy about yeah. it still, but also like inside he was crying. No, that's what that that's why he's I, being cuckold. It was weird to yeah. me because like at this point Listen, I feel his pain. I understand. Lex Luthor has been or Captain Luthor has been pictured as a guy who has seen shit. He's seen the end of the world. So he's super, you know, a badass. And suddenly he sees his wife to him with another man. That would be pretty difficult. Super yeah. emotional about it. I don't know, Steve. Like if we were in another universe and Nicole was dating, let's say, Ryan Denton, let's say, one of the hosts on network, and you saw them like make out. I think that might would just it bother make Steve you. <laughs> cry. Would it bother you because even even though it's not your girlfriend? Um, no, it wouldn't. Really? No, because I had this thing called rational thinking that I do. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, but it looks like her, so I'm just wondering. Would you watch them fuck then, like if it was porn? No, I know what it's like. There's no need to see somebody else do it. I already know what it's like. So it would bother you? No. I mean, you know. It, it, that's not. Would you film it? That's that's, that's not <laughs> my Nicole. And put it in your black 
safe. <laughs> it's not it's not my Nicole on my earth, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. The, I mean, it just speaks to your point earlier, right? This she just very, vibrates slightly different. Still could be yours. Okay, fair. But, you know, it, it's it, this is Shakespearean, and it just shows how emotionally and mentally unhinged this version of Lex is. Oh, look at you bringing us right back. And and what I found more troublesome is that he destroyed his little his little Alexa and I wonder if he has like 16 more of those Alexas in his yeah, um, Walter th- White RV. I was RV. wondering that too. Yeah, because that bothered of- me too. I was like, come on, dude. How are you going to communicate? Yeah. <laughs> you have no ship. You have no... Now you just destroyed the one companion that you had. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's got no friends. He's got no woman. You would cry too, Mike. Yeah, you would cry too <laughs> if true. this happened to you. That's, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Although th- this does bring into question about like his relationship with... Um, no one knows that musical reference, by the way, Steve. I know. There's like and I. one person besides us. <laughs> the, his relationship with Lois's father, uh, I think it's Captain Lane, right? General, or General, Lane. General Lane. Yeah, sorry. General Lane. Uh, He's a general. It makes sense now why Lex chose to go to him. Remember the one of the questions that we had is oh, why would he right. go to why would he go to Family. General Lane? Well, well, one they clearly knew each they other. They knew each other in the other thing. That's that's my guy. That's my ma- that's, that's my, my father in law. Yeah, that's my inside track to getting Lois. Yeah, and it makes sense why he would go uh, go find him instead. Yeah, and, mm. yeah, and I also don't think he probably intended to track down Lois. I feel like it was just kind of like, all right, well, this is where I'm at now. And this is the next best move. Let me get her in my back pocket so that I can take Superman to task. Oh, well, he's about to learn a harsh reality there that yeah, uh, Lois ain't doing anything <laughs> with nope. you. Pa- sorry, pal. No. This one's totally devoted. She's locked up. Yeah. I love her. all right so another moment that i think is worth talking about is the aspect of the episode that was about martha kent this one was odd for me i the reason let me let me um lay down the reason why i liked it and then tell me if you look at it differently okay um because i like that the writers are not simply moving past martha's death I had no problem with sure. them killing her because it actually helps with the story. Yes. Yeah, there's um, no there's no weight or baggage that they have to carry around. Yeah. Uh, but they are using her as a platform for a lot of different elements. But I like how specifically they're honoring her legacy and how they put her goodness on display. And I say this because I feel like a lot of non-Superman readers may not truly understand that the biggest reason why Clark grew up to be good, good. a good person was because of the Kent's morality. Yes. They've always been described as earnest, good, sincere. Superman is good because of them and how they raised him. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those nerd debates uh, where you discuss the philosophical aspects of upbringing and nature versus nurture. Some may think Superman is pure of heart, blah, 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 blah. But we already have seen other stories where writers have delved into a darker side of Superman. Yeah. That when he is not raised by the Kents, things go terribly wrong. Yeah. Like when he was a Ruski. Yeah. Yeah. In Red, exactly. In Red that. Sun. In, yeah. You're right. Red Sun. So that's the reason why I liked it because it's a, an important legacy to the way to remind us why he's good, especially since we're dealing with that. We're dealing with a story that involves a dark Superman and the destruction of a world. Oh yeah. I mean like the, here's the thing that I've mentioned in the past about Superman is like one of the core hallmarks of Superman is the Kents. Without the Kents, Clark is not Clark. He he, he in fact, he wouldn't even be called Clark. He's Kal-El at that point. Well, that's why I said last the last show, I, you know, Mike you said Superman Superman's who he is and Clark's the mask. And and I, and I disagree. I I think Clark is, he is the person and Superman is the persona he has to put on, even though he has the powers. And if it weren't for the Kents, look, he was raised as a a corn eaten Midwestern farm boy. And with that comes a very strong moral compass for most. Um, 
because of that upbringing, like you said, nature versus nurture, and and it brings heart and warmth to the story and to the character that otherwise, you know, if you'd if you'd been born and raised in L.A., you would have been different, way different, way different. You'd be dating a Latina Lane. <laughs> Latino Lane. I don't oh know. my That's god. Orale. <laughs> Los Lane. They call me uh Lupa Hombre. <laughs> Super Hombre. Yeah, what if he would have been what if he would have landed in East LA and was raised by um the Perezes? Yeah. Would would he be fundamentally His a very name different was, would be uh um Clark Clark Clark. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Carlos. It would be Carlos. It would be Carlos. Like Carlos Perez. Yeah, Carlos Perez. Okay. What does the S stand for? Senior. Senior. Senior man. Senior man. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't recover from that one. All right, let's go to a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll jump into a few other things. Would you care to step outside? Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and Six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to DC and RMD, the Superman and Lois edition. All right, so we do have a Patreon page. If you want to help keep us on the air through the year and beyond, head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. Anywhere between $1 to $10 a month will help us continue to do what we do. Plus, you will receive a plethora of additional content from various geek-centric podcasts that we have on this network. Okay, so let's talk about the writers kicking Jonathan while he's down and then pissing <laughs> on his head because that's what they're doing to this kid. Pretty much, dude. I'm, I'm sorry. To open up the episode with what happens to Jonathan, that's just like, okay, How? let's see how bad his day can get. Dude, the poor dude can't get a break. His <laughs> girlfriend bailed. He's not lighting things up on the football field. Yeah. I appreciate appreciate everything that they're doing with him as a character and still yeah. with both of them as a brother you know brothers because when one's down the other one is right there and even what, what i found interesting about it was the fact that he went and, and got loaded at the festival and um you know it makes sense again yeah. it's a small town country town in the middle of kansas kids gonna drink um that's gonna happen oh absolutely um but for him to do that on the heels of what we saw, um, you know, Lana's daughter and her husband, her husband's an al- alcoholic, plain oh, and simple. Yeah. And so she's going to be repulsed by that behavior because she's dealt with it at home for so, so many, many years. years. And so the, just the dynamic of that to me was really thoughtfully done. Um, but to your point, Mike, like the poor guy, he's just... He's just getting the ass into the stick on everything. And 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 at the end of the day, it was amazing to me because I really f- understood why Jonathan lashed out at his dad and basically told him he wants to go back to Metropolis. Yeah, you can totally empathize. You can empathize with him. It goes I mean, right back to what Steve said about 
and put a hot piece of ass on a chair and surround her by shit and people will swim to her. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to let nothing get in the way of him and his girlfriend. She must be super smoking hot or, you know, who knows? Sex must be fantastic. Well, she's 13, guys. Come on. <laughs> I just got thought about that. They're not, I don't think she's 13 in real life. But right? we have to put, we have to look through the, his lens. His not, lens. Not there there we go. Thank lens. you. Yes. They're probably having cyber sex through or 13 year old lens. They're, they're sexting. They're sexting. That's what the kids do, right, Mike? Yeah. Is that what they do? <laughs> I don't know. You've got kids. Oops. Is that what they do on that TikTok? <laughs> Can you sext on TikTok? I don't know. We're old. <laughs> yes, we are. All right. So Jonathan is going through a lot of shit. Uh, Jordan has now cast a big shadow over him, and it's getting harder and harder for Jonathan to escape that growing shadow. But my question is this. Where does this go? Where does this Jordan scenario go? It can't possibly be over by episode five. Are they going to move on his uh, move on from his ongoing problems and the shit being kicked out of him? Or are they working towards something else? And if I didn't know any better, because I feel like this wouldn't be great. It feels like they're working towards a bigger story with this. I think so. Are we watching a path to villainy? I mean, this is how villains are born. It it, it generally is. But, okay, so I wasn't the only one seeing this. But yes. but I I think with again, he was so quick. Whereas as the friends were still real dick bags about the whole scenario, he was real quick to um, react appropriately to how she was reacting and try to apologize. And then after she stormed off, he still you know, he apologized to, to, to his brother and, and that's not something a lot of people, particularly that age. I know a lot of adults that can't respond that quickly to other people. Their, their emotional IQ is so goddamn low and, and his is not. And again, I think it goes back to their upbringing, right? They have good parents. And I would, and that's why I don't want to see that happening. But at the same time, that might be the ingredients for a really good villain, a sympathetic villain, because I mean, you have someone who is good at heart, but something goes wrong and makes him do the bad thing. So I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I, but you can see the personally, I don't want to see one of Superman's sons become. A villain. Oh, it could absolutely. be interesting. I, I was actually more concerned that in his drunkenness that he was going to spill the beans on his brother. Yeah, on his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And that's the thing is kind of like in this, in this particular episode, the, to me, it's almost like the coin got flipped where Jordan for the first four episodes constantly needed his brother to protect him and everything. And, you know, be that rock. In this episode, it was Jordan's turn. Jordan needed to actually man up, be there for his brother, because his brother had a mental breakdown. Yeah, and he was. He was there. <laughs> and he was, was there. Good. And you see that flip. And that uh, I saw the red flag like you you did, Mike, where it's, it's very easy to take a story like this and make it, oh, it's going to be the brothers versus each other. And this is the, this yeah. is the, the beginning. I think that would the be the easy route. way out. It'd be the easy way out. I'm hoping that it's not because like you're they're building this really organic and believable relationship between two brothers. Yeah. And just like what you said, Steve, his reactions was believable. It wasn't, you know, like. No, he's he's obviously a good person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to look at this from a writing standpoint. How do they continue this? Does this go away? Is this solely for the purpose of Clark's um, continued stress level? Is this just about him having to juggle that much more? I think that's what I would do is yes. keep them ju- keep Clark having to juggle all of these different things and keep us as the audience on our toes with this brother, this these two brothers uh, who who are clearly close yeah. and have each other's back because they are twins, if nothing else, because they're brothers. But twins, obviously, is going to make them have that more stronger connection and let this ride for the season. But it sets up the perfect stage for later down the road for him to become villainous if they needed to go down. You if know. they needed to go down that route. 
I mean, like for me, I think that the better scenario for me is they focus, they continue to focus on the relationship of the brothers and show how important they are to each other. So now that you throw in this adage that Jonathan wants to leave, he wants to go back to Metropolis. He want he does, he wants to move away from his family and suddenly Jordan has to deal with that now. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, what do we always talk about when it comes to writing? This is just a lot of things. Yes. This isn't actually a story that has life, that has longevity. This is just things that fill up an episode that add value to other people's stories. And my thing is, where does it go from here? Will this matter in the end? Or is it just going to be background noise in two or three episodes when we've moved on? So we'll see where it goes because I personally am not interested to see 16 episodes of Jonathan Kent struggling. It has to lead somewhere. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Well, it's not going to lead to him getting into Lana's daughter's pants because he blew that. He blew that one. Too bad. What about uh, Lana herself? I mean. She seems pretty open and available emotionally. Her husband's yeah. like uh, not in a good state. <laughs> okay, so you bring that up, and that's my next point here that I want to get into when it comes to the Cushing family. So for me, Sarah was not lost. I think she was an interesting addition, but it was getting to the point where I wanted to understand her problems. Yeah. Okay, I'm sad. I'm depressed. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a teenage girl going through problems. We all have gone through these issues. What are they trying to do with it? What is the source of her problems? And we find out that that it's more about her family than anything. Like in the previous two episodes, there were steps in this direction. But it wasn't until this episode I realized that Sarah's issues are 100% brought on by the fact that her parents are not happy. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're in a terrible marriage. They're in a terrible marriage. They had those moments like the last episode where there was a warm moment in the kitchen and they they kissed. Yeah. But that seemed like one of those fluke scenarios compared to all the other. All the other scenarios. Yeah. It just seems like a constant bad situation um, of small town living and two people that were high school sweethearts or whatever who get hitched because they don't have any other option or they don't think they do and they don't leave the town that they're yes. in and they stay in that bubble and then it, the, they get on the hamster wheel and they can never get off. And they can never yeah. get off. And they also share a lot of their baggage with her, which pro tip. Don't do that. Kids aren't your psychologist. <laughs> exactly. Like, like quit with the oversharing parents. And that is something that really stood out as well. They are sharing things that parents shouldn't share yeah. with their kids. Obviously, be honest with them. Tell them you're working through problems. But the fact that Lana Lang, you know, dumps so much of her problems, problems on her daughter on her in daughter. the previous episode. I mean, talk about I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? I'm the one having problems. Why are you <laughs> telling me all this? And then she has to see her father drunk. And. Now I understand what her problems are. And now moving forward, we need to focus that just a bit and see how this ultimately will work within the story of Superman and Lois. And the thing I'm worried about is like we're seeing a parallel between the parents. We're seeing a parallel between Lana and her husband and Clark and Lois. And Martha Kent being the, the center of the episode the legacy of Martha legacy. Kent. And then you have the parallel of yes. bad parenting and good parenting. Good parenting. It's, it's really well written in that regard. It's, yeah. it's like a mirror image. And to your point, Mike, as, as an only child who grew up in a household with two parents that did exactly what you described not to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't put your kids, especially if there's only one of them in the middle of your Oreo nonsense, uh, you know, and, and squish them into the middle of it and let them be your therapist. It's not, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. And uh, I agree, but, with, but that's why I do like the addition of that because it brings a little bit more realism. To realism. The show. Absolutely. Because and we know that there's people out there that do that. Exactly. And because this is the CW, we're going to have to, we're going to have these moments. They're expected to have these moments with, with younger actors. It's the network's demographic. Mm-hmm. And typically we get very unrealistic melodrama when it comes to the side of the, the adolescents, the kids, yes. this 
is the way to do it. If you're going to, if you're trying to speak to your demographic with these, these stories revolving younger kids, this is how you do it. It's more realistic. It'll be obviously a, a, an aspect that connects to a large portion of your audience that can relate to what she's going through. Oh yeah. And that's why I'm thankful that these writers are taking mature situations and using them to craft these problems for the kids. It's way more grounded. It's way, way more grounded. Yeah. All right. So theories, is there any theories going on? No, we already talked about it with Lex Luthor, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, pretty much with I mean, Lex and, and clearly they've got that uh, MRI machine that can crank out super people. Yeah. That's pretty dope. That is cool. Um, we have not seen the end of that, I'm sure. No, no, I think we're just getting started. And, and the more they start monkeying around with that red kryptonite, or what's it called? X kryptonite? X kryptonite, yeah. It's, uh, it's not going to be good. So there, there is a little bit of good news. No, not a little bit. It is good news uh, for Superman ratings. The live plus seven day numbers for episode two. Are you ready for this? Give it to me. Was a 148% increase. From the previous reported live plus same day, which puts episode two right around three million. And and what was episode one? Do you do three point seven, three point six, I believe. So the numbers are growing. That's insane. Yeah, in a good way. In a like, good way. I'm glad to hear that. Hopefully, it maintains. Yeah, I mean, again, it, could it be because they're just blasting this show on so many different avenues, um, which I'm fine with? Oh, look, or, they have a strategy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a shotgun blast against shotgun every blast. wall that you can shoot. No, this is good. It's it, buckshot. Yeah, <laughs> at least they're doing something. Maybe they've learned from the past, you know, or or maybe there's a lot of good word word of mouth. I hope that's. I hope it's all of the above. It has, and hopefully, it is all of the above because, like. It's amazing to me that basically I want WB to actually realize that, hey, if you put a good product out there, you just might actually bring in the numbers. If you, if you actually give us something mm-hmm. that has good writing. Hey, if you actually give a acting, shit. If you gave a shit, you could actually bring in your audience. <laughs> yeah. and, and that goes with any product, service, or offering. But it's just like... Give a shit. Yeah, give a shit. The Batwoman producers are like watching Superman and Lois. They're like, oh, is this what giving a shit looks like? Maybe we should start. <laughs> Maybe we should start. You guys think we should probably try to do that? Let's bring back Kate Kane. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this will be the last episode of Superman and Lois for a while. The yes. show is taking a two-month break due to COVID. There was a COVID outbreak while they were shooting, I believe, episode five. And the show will return May 18th. Are they shooting in Atlanta? Or no? Or are they shooting in, I think they're uh, they're in Canada? They're yeah, in, I think it's um, in Canada. Okay, so yeah. they're on those same those same lots that all the Arrowverse is yeah. on. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right, so let's get into final thoughts. Steve, 30 seconds or less. Give me your score and Um, thoughts. I I liked this episode. I think it was arguably a filler of sorts, but as a filler, it pulled elements together um, that needed to be pulled together and gave us more of that heartfelt emotional stuff that I really enjoy about the episode. So I'm going to give it a solid 90 for for those things. Okay. Okay. Uh, David? Um, I honestly think that this was an uptick from last episode so i'm gonna probably my score for this episode's at 88 and it actually the more i think about it the last to be episode higher. you gave it an 89 did i i thought yes, i gave it an 85 down. 89 no you gave you gave episode gave three you gave episode three at 82 percent I thought I thought you wrote them down too david are you slipping i'm slipping i'm gonna have to re-listen but i'm pretty sure you gave it an 89 I might have been drunk, so. <laughs> but it's definitely an uptick from the last episode. If I have to retrospectively look at it and say that so you're giving it's it higher, an eighty-eight, you said I'm get, I put down at first an eighty-eight because okay. I thought that the last episode I gave was an eighty-five. All right, and overall, just like what you said, Steve, it feels like it's a filler episode, but it fills it does the filler episode 
well. You know, you have these elements getting added in with pushing the narrative forward. Yeah. You yeah. have the characters actually, I don't know, progressing, what? especially your villains. Well, especially Lex, especially, like I said earlier, we now have Lex in his Breaking Bad RV. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> that is, is interesting. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, dude, that, I like that element a lot. I'm like, who do He's, we- he, he went from Starship to RV. I, I've never seen a Lex Luthor rough it before. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's I not like, even a nice RV. It's not an airstream. It's a crappy it, RV. I think it's cool because you strip down the ascent, uh, down to the essentials. It's one of the reasons why I liked the Lex Luthor in Return, uh, Superman Returns, because I didn't like his agenda of, of real estate once again. But <laughs> I liked you stripped him down who he is at his core. Meaning exactly the fact that this is post prison and he acted a lot like an inmate. Uh, he shanked fucking Superman <laughs> and then dropped it. Right. So there was a mentality of post prison that was a part of his character development in that mm-hmm. movie. And it made him interesting because he wasn't the Lex Luthor with money and, you know, class. He was the Lex Luthor that's an ex convict. Yeah. So this that's one of the reasons why I dig this Lex Luthor because he's just the bare essentials. Yeah. And if you think about it, we're getting a, such a different type of Lex. Now, because you added the element of his connection, not with Superman, but with Lois. Yeah. That's his relationship. It's not with Superman. Superman is very basic. We know that he doesn't like him. Yeah. So your percentage is 88. 88. Steve has 90. I'm giving this an 87%. Uh, It's only lower than last episode because there wasn't anything in my opinion, super exciting. I, I feel like this episode was written well and they gave us what we needed. Yeah. But there was still something a little off. It wasn't bad. I felt like it was an excellent episode. Excellent. Excellent in the ways of directing and the writing was, was purposeful it had an agenda and it went for it and it gave us exactly what we needed. Uh, there was a few visual effects sequences that made me cringe and I yeah. have not cringed during any VFX sequences yet. This episode was the first one for me. The, the, uh, as I was saying earlier, the thing that that kind of drew me out of the episode, which is why I gave it a lower score, was the Martha Kent. Not because of the actress that was portraying Martha, but that whole story element. The flashback was, was off-putting. It was off-putting yes. because I had to stop and think, who the hell am I seeing? Is yeah. this another meta that's ex-Kryptonite created that I wasn't aware of? It, it felt wedged in there wedged at the in. wrong point i thought it was that fool from gotham you know little Batman. bruce <laughs> that's like great we got little bruce here now i i agree i didn't bring it up during the show because i didn't want to get overly negative but that's the reason one of the reasons why my score is a little low i'm not a fan of flashbacks i don't yep. feel like there was any need for those scenes yeah, that was my only major detractor besides a, a few of the visual effects scenes. Like I said, I give it a solid 90 because of how they, they're able to keep that emotional yeah. Uh, core. Yeah, without a doubt. Yes, I agree. All right, so this does bring us to the end. I want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back with the Superman and Lois edition at the end of May. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God! Would you look at the time? When you came here, you had an hour. Now it's less.